friends or heathens take it slow Wait for them to ask you who you know Please don't make any sudden moves You don't know the half of the Fuck yes, welcome back to Hype. I'm your host, as always, Ryan Dress. With me, as always, Jonathan Harsey. We watched a lot of movies. <laughs> Ryan James. Always. And Chewie Darso. I watched one movie. <laughs> oh, I didn't know we were checking in with how many movies we watched. <laughs> yeah. I watched all of them. Uh, Chewie watched one that she then made me watch for a second time. Oh. Very much against my I will. had a really long, busy, exhausting Mowage. two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Is what brings us together <laughs> today. Uh, and then special guest this week is Alex Marshall Brown. Hey, everybody. It's, I think this is the first time that I've mentioned on an episode we're going to have a guest on, and then it didn't fall through. Yay! <laughs> so, I'm glad to be there for you. Yeah, it really worked out this time. Every other time, I'm like, we have this person coming up, and then they back out. Oh, so this, I felt like I was jinxing it last week. I'm like, yep, and then Alex Marshall Brown will be next week. I'm like, well, now she's not going to be. <laughs> but it worked out. <laughs> Both are on. 2017. Yep. That's, Off to a good start. Yep, it's working out well. Uh, Alex, do you have anything you want to plug right out of the gate? Things coming on? Uh, things coming up. Oh, I just got to double on Casey Undercover, that Disney show, oh. um, with Zendaya. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, that's going to be coming out in the next couple of weeks. That's the newest, most wonderful thing in that's my life. That's pretty exciting. Were yeah, you Zendaya? So I was not Zendaya. Oh. I was her season three nemesis. Ooh. That's Ooh. Cool. <laughs> Zan- were you Xanadu? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if you say Zendaya, I'm like, immediately, That's I'm a like, sequel. that would be the sister right. of Xanadu. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not familiar with this actress. Xanadu's sister? <laughs> That's the only thing that makes sense. The one we don't talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not familiar with this actress. No worries. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> she's she's young, she's teen, she's a producer on the show and crushing it. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's cool. Awesome. She's in Spider-Man. Zendaya. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She's the one in Spider-Man. Yeah. Exactly. That's why I geeked out for a second. I'm like, wait, did you get any detail? <laughs> <laughs> How producerly is she? Yeah. <laughs> it's very exciting. Is she Mary Jane or not? <laughs> <laughs> Can she explain the plot? <laughs> Has she ever heard of Spider-Man? <laughs> I mean, oh, if the answer to that was no, I'd be very upset. <laughs> Everyone uh, no, knows actually. who Spider-Man is. No, I legit want to know what Spider-Man is all about. <laughs> <laughs> Explain it. No, well, how did he why get his spiders? <laughs> it all starts with his Uncle Ben. <laughs> all right. The rice. Well, <laughs> that sounds dirty when you say it like that. No, it sounds like rice. It just yeah. sounds like something yeah, I just delicious want rice, New Orleans. He does yeah. make dirty oh, rice. rice. Yeah, it's the Ooh, that's that not got the first thing that comes to mind. <laughs> All right, I'm going to uh, get out now. See you later. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, let's get started with where have you been doing. Uh, Alex, you want to go first? Something you've done recently that you think other people would like to do? No? That other people would like to do? Yeah. Movie, TV show, I mean, like, a, a, so the book that I've been reading that recently that I absolutely adore right oh, now is called The Mechanical. It's just, it's, I need the video, yeah. the visual <laughs> reference. Um, the Mechanical, for the camera that's not catching this moment right now, yep. right. <laughs> it is by Ian Tregillis. Um, I've been on a really big, I think I told you the last time, I've been on a big AI sci-fi kick yep. for a while now. And in The Mechanical... Yeah, in the mechanical. <laughs> and now we have photographic <laughs> evidence. <laughs> what I really love about this story is that it's effectively set in a... It's set in a world where we still have kings and queens and they still have the hierarchy in terms of their social status. But the... It is a society that I'm assuming is set in the future that has royalty, that has the technology of robots as their slaves. 
And they have forgotten how they got the technology to begin with. So they just have a bunch of robots they can order around. They don't know how to build them and they don't know how to fix them. But they just have a bunch of beings that are conscious and, and self-aware that are designed to follow orders. Oh, that sounds like it's going to backfire in a big themselves? way. I know, right? I'm so thrilled about this. Can they not repair themselves? They don't know. Uh, they, they know how to do minor maintenance on themselves, but they cannot explain how they've done it. Huh. Oh, they're people. They're people. <laughs> <laughs> they're people forced to live their lives following other people's orders. And I mean, why do I identify with that? I don't know. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> yeah. that, that definitely sounds like it's going to end really well. I know. I know. Revolt. Revolution. <laughs> uh, Ryan, what about you? Where have you been doing? All right. I'm going to talk about a podcast. I was. Uh, What's a podcast? I, I've never heard of them before. <laughs> this is something new. You get on the internet and you listen to it. What's the internet? Ah. Like the only place? Let's fall real deep down there. Is that like, is that like, <laughs> is that like a, dar- a dark alley? Know, Al <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. Diagon Alley, right there. Sometimes Al Gore. Yeah. Yeah. All right, go uh, ahead. Anyway, last house, or I'm sorry, last podcast on the left. Um, this oh. is pretty cool. It's a podcast about kind of like supernatural stories, uh, a lot of urban legends, uh, Chupacabra, Jack the Ripper, so on and so forth. Oh. Is it like a different story every week, or is it like? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's looking like uh, they do like sometimes uh, multi-parters. Okay. Like Jack the Ripper has a lot of episodes, but sometimes it's just one. Very cool. Yeah, uh, John. What about you? I saw Lego Batman. Yay ish. Yeah, <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> it was fun, and I mean, it's got similar fast-paced humor like the Lego Movie, so it was enjoyable. See, I thought they actually took their time a little bit better in this one. Like I thought the jokes were better paced than the last one, where it's like every single second is a joke. Except for like the action scenes, I think yeah. that like for it even got to be a little bit much for me, yeah. Where it was just like, okay, what is going on? I see a lot of Legos. It's like someone got really mad and stormed into my room and like threw the Legos <laughs> up in the air. And I was like, what's happening? Yeah. But otherwise, it was funny, and it was fun to see the uh, ca- like, to hear the cameos and to try and guess who they were. I did not realize that Joker was Zach Galifianakis. Oh, see that one I oh. knew going in. Oh wow, yeah, that was I didn't either. That's yeah. great. I, did, I knew nothing about this movie going in, other than it's Lego Batman. I knew him, and I knew uh, Billy D. Williams was Two Face. Yeah, I thought that was clever, yeah, and I thought it was funny that um, Ralph Fiennes was not Voldemort. Was not Voldemort. <laughs> they made a point to cast him as someone else. Yeah, that was pretty and the, funny. And they got Eddie Izzard to be uh, Voldemort. He was good, and yeah. it was great. And the, the 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 Sauron Lord of the Rings joke, yeah. in there killed me. Yeah, there. there was I'm a actually lot of, dead right now. <laughs> as good as it was, I'm still annoyed they're giving great. that guy uh, Nightwing. I don't want him to do Nightwing. Yeah. Oh my eye! Yeah. The only article I read about Nightwing coming yeah. out was that somebody's obsessed with the casting based on how good their butt's going to be. Oh yeah, you gotta have a you great gotta butt have a great man butt to be Nightwing. Yeah, like that that's is gonna like be a big actually deal. in that suit, you're right. You gotta yeah, have a great right. duck. Like, like that's just kind of his thing. Like, like red or blue. That is about this uh-huh. person deducting who's gonna be the best person because so, of their butt. Oh, so yeah. Jeremy Renner for Nightwing. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that's what I was about to say. Yes, <laughs> oh, <laughs> he was man. not on the list, but yeah. yes. <laughs> I know a good man butt when I see one. <laughs> and Marvel has not been utilizing it. They gave him a long coat for some stupid reason. Yeah, don't cover that shit up, man. I will go really quick for my where have you been doing because I'm not done with this yet, so I don't really have a whole bunch to say, but I'm playing Mirror's Edge Catalyst because uh, I bought it for 20 bucks at Target. Right <laughs> and on. I will say it is totally worth 20 bucks. I'm very sorry for anyone who spent 60 on it because when it doesn't work, it's a fucking pile of shit, but when it does, it's a blast, but that's so hit or miss mm-hmm. that it's definitely a $20 game. It seems like there's enough to play, though. Like, oh, absolutely. I am full on uh, buyer's remorse uh, spending $60 on uh, Battlefront. 
because it's oh, not man. enough of a game. See, yeah. I spent $10 on that one, and I got $10 worth of entertainment yeah. out of it. I got maybe like five to 10 hours of enjoyment. I'm like, all right, I'm good. It was definitely worth 10 bucks. Yeah. But yeah, no, Mirror's Edge, 20 bucks, totally worth it. It's very pretty. It's fun. And when it works, man, it's fun. But then you're always like, you're always kind of on the edge of your seat. Like, when is it going to break? It's going to break again. <laughs> but it's going to break. What do you mean this. by break? I mean that you'll be like climbing a wall, and then your hands will get stuck in the geometry of the wall, and then you you have to restart. Yeah, that is awful. That's awful. Yep, because you're not. <laughs> I hate that when it happens in real they life. They should refund people's money for that. Yeah, it's, yeah. I just don't it's understand how awful. it doesn't how it gets through testing. I don't know, Chewy. Where have you been doing? Oh uh, well, I just got off working what thirteen, twelve days in a row. I don't remember. <laughs> I think it was. A while. I think it was 13. Uh, I know that my boss actually wanted to work this weekend, too, but luckily... But you have a podcast to be on. (laughs) (laughs) Priorities. Luckily, uh, the producers went, you guys have been working very efficiently. You don't get to work the weekends anymore. And I was just like, yay. (laughs) (laughs) We have this opportunity for you. I have a life. (laughs) You don't get to work the weekends anymore. Congratulations. Uh, There was some some people that were upset because they wanted the money. And honestly, I mean... (laughs) I want money, but I also lives more. if I don't have yeah. a life, what's the point of the money? It's the only thing that I've been I've been trying to catch up on my CW shows. Um, so I watched a couple episodes of Arrow the other night. Just talk about that one, uh, not to interrupt, but you had something interesting to say. About yeah, the that's why I'm going. I'm yeah. just going to talk about the one. Uh, so the last one I watched, I'm not even sure if it's the latest one. Uh, pretty much had to do the whole episode ended up being about gun control. It was real weird. I'm it's like very I'm, weird for a show about a bow. And I'm arrow. not used yeah. to not well, used to Arrow. Yeah. Get, I mean, Arrow does have messages about being self reliant, working in a team, realizing when you can't do things on your own, and just kind of trying to check your ego because they do check uh, Arrow's ego a bunch. Even though they make some stupid things where they broke him and Felicity up, I still think that's retarded. But whatever. Olicity, if you will. Uh. So, Not anymore. But everything was a little more subtle. Like, I mean, as subtle as these shows usually are. But this was like over-the-head bashing about gun control. But it was about the discussion of it, where the two kids, they had the one character's wild dog and Mr. Terrific. Mr. Terrific is all for gun control, and wild dog's like, no, give me my guns. He does have so two they guns. Ke- yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they keep fighting, and Felicity just keeps getting pissed off and just says, just shut up, just shut up, stop talking. Uh, and then eventually Mr. Terrific is like, no, I'm not going to stop talking about it. That's what's wrong with this country is because we can't have really discussions anymore. And it's like, it's true. It's very true. I appreciate the sentiment. It was just really weird watching it and be like, I feel like you're just actually, he's so close to just looking at the camera and condemning me right now. <laughs> it was... I was so conflicted while watching it. Like, I appreciate the message, but it's too heavy-handed. That's <laughs> a great issue that I think we're going to come across more often. Like, what is the right way to bring in real-world issues to our escapism TV? Yeah. Yeah. Because uh. it's not a... Because so many people are getting to the point now where they don't want to watch news. Right. So it's kind of like, well, it's either this or we don't talk about it anymore. So it's going to happen. I, th- I think you're right. I think it's going to happen more and more as the next four years go on. Yeah. With the buffoonish clown we have yeah. as president. I'm, Number I'm, 45. I'm all no. for messages <laughs> nope. in my content. I just would like it to feel a little bit less like I'm being pointed at. Well, yeah, it's <laughs> it's going to be a rough start, but it's going to... Yeah. No one's going to be doing it well in the beginning. It's going to be yeah. figuring it out as they go along. And I like it's that it's a CW show. It's kind of like Teen Vogue going after Trump. But I also feel like people are going to get more desensitized of it the longer we wait because they're getting barrage of this is the right thing now. Yeah. yeah. So that they're just going to... They're not going to listen the more... 
nuanced we get at telling that story. Okay, so now that we're done with that, I think we should move on to the episode of today, which is our first ever Blockbuster Roundup, which, dun, dun, is, what we're, which is what we're calling it for now, unless we come up with a better name at some point later on in the future. We will. Um, <laughs> if not, uh, I kind of like Blockbuster Roundup, because it reminds me of... Uh, of uh, Cabo Bebop for some reason. Ooh. Uh, we need to make it reminds a good me of blockbuster the blockbuster uh, joke. Yeah, the classic <laughs> cartoon uh, Woody's Roundup from Toy Story. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, this name is staying for sure now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Thanks, Toy Story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what this is going to be, as you'll listen to and find out, is that we basically took uh, five movies that were either varying degrees of to oh, it was not bad. And we just don't really want to spend a whole episode on them. Nothing against these movies. It's just like we want to talk about them because we love movies and we love these things. But at the same time, like, what do we really have to add to these that you haven't heard in a billion other podcasts? So we're really here to give our two cents on it. We all took one that we're going to be kind of leading the charge on. Um, but uh, uh, for the people who watched it, we'll, I'm sure we'll charge it and have our own two cents. But we'll spend a little bit of time on each one of them. And I like that you moved the microphone specifically to capture that. <laughs> it did not. Just Hold on, I got this coming up. <laughs> and to clarify, that's not me sneezing. Gesundheit. It wasn't sneezing, was it? Hiccups? No. It's like a little hiccup we, thing. We, we no one was clarify con- now. Yeah, no. we didn't need that before. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure people in the car are gonna be like, "Was that a sneeze?" When we first well, started dating, she calls them hiccups. Because uh, that's hiccups. There's something in between. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we need to take up, out a couple letters, please. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, air's coming in and out. <laughs> Yeah, actually. It's really weird. That's what defines the difference, I guess. Oh, boy. I have to explain this all the time at work. Whenever someone would be like, God bless you. I'm like, I didn't sneeze. Nope, I don't get it. I still will say, I'm not sure if she listens to this podcast. My favorite sneeze of all time is my friend Rosa. He goes, hi, Clee! (laughs) Were those words? (laughs) So what you're saying is your friend came from an anime. Apparently, yeah. Wait, one more time, one more time. Yes. I've spent most of my life perfecting. Did you just cast a fireball? A fireball? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it is the funniest shit ever. And if she listened to this podcast right now, she's going, "God damn it, Brian!" God uh, damn it, Brian! But it's really funny whenever uh-huh. she does it. Um, okay, so I think we should get started. Let's. Uh, I'm not sure where to begin with this one. Who should go first? Doctor Strange. Um, Doctor Strange wants to go first. Ryan we'll start. Okay. Go. I risk so, forgetting what this movie was about. <laughs> but I don't get it out now. Um, okay, so each one of us will get a 30-second breakdown. We're going to try to have videos out for each one of these. Hopefully, they'll all be out before the episode, but if not, enjoy them after the episode. Yeah. John's only one man. He can only do so much. <laughs> yeah, with all these special effects requests you guys keep asking for. Only for Alex's. Flaming fish. <laughs> <laughs> that worked out really well. <laughs> uh, Ryan, can you insert Tarzan's penis, which they insinuate in the movie a bunch Insert it where? They make so many it? dick jokes in that movie, it's ridiculous. John, let me know when you're ready to go. I'm ready. All right, Doctor Strange in 30 seconds. Go, 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 go! All right, Doctor Stephen Strange is an accomplished neurosurgeon who gets into a car accident and loses use of his hands. Well, he still uses them, but they're weak. Uh, he spends all of his money looking for a cure to get his ability to perform surgery back and can't find one. Then he learns about somebody who made this miraculous recovery and goes looking for uh, El Commandu or some name that I forget. <laughs> where he uh, learns about the Ancient One and she shows him the power of the mystical arts. And he goes on this learning journey where he has to conquer uh, Kaiserius. You're out of time. What? What? I you will, didn't crush that at all. Yeah, I will call that, a, <laughs> that was a good insult. <laughs> I will call that a blatant fail. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I got halfway through just like every time I do a yeah. breakdown. <laughs> 
I was on a great track. The funny thing is that you do a very good job synop- like doing a synopsis of the film. You just can't do it in 30 seconds. That's right. Um, so, that. Alex, you get your one shot that you can do better than just saying that was horrible. Try harder next time. Talk faster. <laughs> I mean, you have 30 seconds to go ahead and convey everything about this movie. And if you can't step up to that, then I don't know what to tell you. That was a great pep talk. Let me try again. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, every time she's been on, she succeeded. So, oh god, this is gonna be a rough day. I know. I'm really trying to like Ooh, hype it up so, so that, that you I just will, fail. So you fail so, horribly. So my crash and burn has fish all around yes, me. Exactly. Uh. <laughs> oh, I see what you meant by fire fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, now okay, it's coming together. So I'm gonna set so, a timer for ten-ish yeah. minutes. Right. Um, if we get done before that, so is be that it. his ten-minute synopsis? Yeah, no, ten-minute no, no, synopsis. Now we can try again. It's the real losers bracket. Uh, so Ryan, what did you talk about? Second chances. What did you like about the movie? What I liked about the movie was uh, the part that I didn't get to in my breakdown. The second <laughs> act. <laughs> um, I mean, it was great visual effects. Um, I loved actually seeing Benedict Cumberbatch embody the role of Doctor Strange. He's like uh, really cocky, and that carries out through his surgery and through his you know mystical arts training, which is perfect. Um, and 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 they've like peppered some good humor in there, and I I think they kind of treated it the same way they did Thor, where he's not like overly humorous. He lets kind of his seriousness play the humor. Yeah, but I mean, by the end of the movie, he's definitely playing up the humor route. Like even sure. when he meets up with Thor at the end of it, and so and is Thor by the end of those movies. Yeah, that's true. But, but in but the sense that like they're not Robert Downey Jr., they're not intentionally like hamming it up. Yeah, but the question is, do we need another cocky? Smart ass hero in the MCU. It's a great question, uh, and it's I a hope big bag because because like, the thing is like Doctor Strange feels like the perfect one to be the straight man. Like right. we could finally have a really decent, An intelligent straight man. straight man. Yeah, and then they go, nope, another quippy, sarcastic asshole. Yeah, I hope they tone that down, and I think it's part of the Doctor Strange character that he kind of gets humbled as he learns. But yeah, so far not really. Uh, well, now you just ruined everything I liked about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, back to the visual nothing, effects were really yeah. good. Um, Absolutely, uh, the villain fucking fell flat again, and oh, it, especially when you get Mads Mikkelsen, yeah. like, he's so good. And then, yeah, eh. and uh, let me just finish up what I I really liked about right. it. Um, the climax was great. Uh, we see Dormammu in, in some mocap. Uh, that's actually Benedict Cumberbatch, which, which is I, awesome. Was fun that was really cool. Yeah. It's like supposed to be a reflection of himself because this demon doesn't have a physical form, so he's seeing like some twisted version of, of himself. And uh, yeah, that's great. It, they, it was a really clever use of time, and he like lives in this dimension where time doesn't exist, and Doctor Strange has figured out how to manipulate time. So he sticks this demon in a never-ending loop where he's just killing Doctor Strange over and over and over again, but Doctor Strange keeps coming back. And Spoilers. he's like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's what this show's about. Uh, sorry if you didn't have time to watch it. <laughs> and he finds the one thing that this demon was actually weak to, which is being trapped by time. Uh, so all that was really cool. Um, and then at the end, he, you know, we have this Eye of Agamotto, which I didn't really mention. This is that uh, artifact that he uses to manipulate time. And uh, his his friend Wong tells him it's actually an Infinity Stone. Yeah. So for so long, we've been like, where are the Infinity Stones? And I thought it was going to keep being this like game of where are they? And oh, we know the Eye is, but we don't have to talk about it. Just like we know what's in Vision's head is. Yeah. But we're not talking about it. Well, they kind of talk about it in Civil War. They do finally, yeah. yeah. So I didn't expect that to come up so quickly in this movie, but otherwise, it just like 
fell victim to the the classic Marvel problems of we didn't need an origin story of Doctor Strange. They've been dropping his all. name yeah. in the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe for five years, yeah, since, minimum. Since Winter Soldier. Have they? Yep. I yeah. didn't catch on. Yeah, yeah. Winter Soldier, I think, is the first time they drop it, but yeah. That just like the doctor's name? Or? No, it's, it's Stephen Strange. They, yeah. they Stephen Strange. Check oh. him. Like, yeah, we've name. been keeping, we've been monitoring superhero or potential superheroes for years, right. including people like blop, 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 Stephen Strange. Right. I mean, we've huh. been referencing him a lot, but I don't, I think having an origin story was useful because, I mean, I was aware of it, but they went into, I mean, clearly I'm not tracking it as much as I ought to, but like yeah. they went into more detail than I anticipated and that I remembered. Yeah. And so having the reminder was nice. <clears throat> oh, I don't need that. I really liked the way a couple movies did it. Um, the Incredible Hulk with Ed Norton did a that great was, origin yeah. That's probably in the, the best intro. Th- way they've handled it you so want it more concise i do and there it is. my other favorite way was deadpool where they scatter mm. it throughout the yeah. action we see deadpool yeah. fighting super villains and then we do flashbacks yeah. to see his origin it's kind of what they tried to do in man of steel but didn't quite yeah. pull off as well yeah. I, I liked where their head was at mm. but it was much better handled in deadpool the other one that i think did a pretty good job was actually thor because thor sure. he is thor in the beginning of the movie and it's more about him learning to be a respectable hero than it is about him learning to wield the hammer and all that sort of stuff i agree with that like i think that's yeah. kind of a smart move he has to learn how to be human and that's the birth yeah. of that superhero yeah right. so that's yeah. a birth of him being a hero not exactly. necessarily of him becoming thor and so that's powerful. kind of a, yeah. a vain yeah. asshole yeah of thousands of years old yeah <laughs> But okay, um, so the, the my other big problem yeah. with uh, the origin aspect of it was uh, the misuse of of Mordo because this is like the classic Doctor mm-hmm. Strange villain, and mm-hmm. he literally embodies everything that they did with Caecilius in this movie. Like he breaks right. off from the Ancient One and learns the teachings of Dormammu and falls victim to this dark magic, and Doctor Strange has to stop him. Instead, we watch all that happen with another character, and at the end, he's like, "Well, I'm gonna go be a supervillain," and then we're just gonna are we gonna watch the exact same plot They're in the second to set up movie their sequel for that? Yeah. Yeah, and but what's Mordo right? gonna do that Kaecilius didn't do in this? Yeah, movie? It, it really it felt like a very weak like uh, I guess he'll be like he easily could have been the villain in this one. Yeah. Like the, there was really no need for Mads Mikkelsen if right. this is what they're gonna do with this character anyways. Yeah. Um. I mean, I guess the only difference would be is that now he'll be what? Are the, what is he the the something of New York the um, Sorcerer Supreme? Well, he's not Supreme at the, the end of uh, this, but the, he's the. Uh, he has Prefect? the sanctum. That's not the word. I don't know. Sanctorum. But yeah, yeah, he's yeah, basically yeah, he's in charge of the New York, yeah, right. chapter. Um, <laughs> but you know, club. by the end of the second one, he'll be Sorcerer Supreme. Like you know, right. that's coming. And it kind of yeah. felt like, all right, so we're just not doing it in this one because you don't want him to be that accomplished by the end of the first film. I get that's it. That's what but, I didn't need because w- we know he's going to do it. Yeah, it's a weird choice. Like, there's a lot of weird choices in this movie. I would have very happily taken uh, a Doctor Strange one shot. From Marvel, and then put him in the just or the the Justice League movies. Do it. Like just right one place? little bit, one little blurb. I don't need like this whole arc. Iron Man's great for a story arc. He's got some classic villains. He's got a lot of changes yeah. his character makes. Like Doctor oh, Strange. We don't need a trilogy for that. No. <laughs> yeah. We don't need a Doctor Strange trilogy. No. Like just like the uh, there's a lot of backlash against me. People say people like me saying this. I don't need another Ant Man movie. Like, I didn't either. I would have liked the Wasp to have been in the first one. Yeah, exactly. And just have the one. Yeah. So it's like uh, you have so many heroes that I'd rather see than yeah. another Ant Man movie. No matter how much I enjoyed Ant Man, because I don't think it's a bad film. It's just, eh, I mean, can't we just get <clears throat> Captain Marvel sooner? Sure. I, yeah. They're really just they're they're pushing all these like. Kind of B-listers. I hate to say that because I love Doctor Strange. Yeah. I love Ant Man. You know, but yeah. I didn't before. You know, I liked Spider Man. I liked the X Men. I liked even Iron Man, Captain America were great choices, but they're really stretching now. Yeah, it, it's. I don't think it's bad. It's just not. 
That wasn't a Fantastic Four joke. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do you have anything else you want to say on this, or does anybody else they want to chime in? Yeah, I think that's. It's sad to say that I'm like harping on the same problems that Marvel always has in their movies. This many movies in, yeah. But they seem they they seem to be just stuck in like set in Mm -hmm. this. They're not going to change. They're stuck in a time loop. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, Kevin Feige has even said like there is a roadmap to each one of these movies, and it's up to the director to make it their own. But they still have to stick to that roadmap, and it's like. So like that's, that's to hear the news that's that like, like when somebody tell when I had a boss that told me, don't assume anything, but think on your feet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what, what? to do. Yeah. So it's frustrating when because then yeah. you know. All right, so I know what happens in Captain Marvel. I know <gasps> what happens in every movie from here on out, and it's just kind of upsetting. Well, but. then you kind of you can kind of guess the trajectory of Infinity War. Yep. If Thanos is going to be the main character of the Infinity yep. War, you got mm-hmm. his origin story. Yep. And it's like I don't. Really he overcomes this. He overcomes some weird, insignificant, bad person to him, I guess. And then we and I money. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> Step three, profit. Yeah, <laughs> it would be fun to, if they played with his family, with Gamora and Nebula, but or his son. Yeah, who is Bane? he's the uh, yeah he's in charge. He has his own book right now, kind of where he's trying to kill Thanos, and mm-hmm. it's a really really good book. Uh, kids just um, don't they, have any respect for their parents there so. was a great uh infinity the whole crossover series that tied the inhumans to thanos and his son like all tied together yeah if they wrap that up into the this infinity wars movie it could be fun yeah it could be a lot of fun that's not about dr strange what else did everyone want to think about yeah, it i mean but at, at this dr. point it was well that's i like the costume design i feel like at this costume, point, really good costume in his outfit. design is marvel's like pinnacle right now i love every costume they put on screen i i disagree with that but i think when they hit it out of the park they really hit it out of the park but people like black widow hawkeye they're really lazy just like, i don't know leather oh. suit just put something they on. don't have costumes that's i yeah. do I wish they did more with hawkeye specifically but that's because in, he does have a suit it's general. purple and it's awesome and yeah. they tried to give him that in age of ultron and it didn't yeah, yeah, it, it fell short yeah. um but uh, before we finish this i think the major thing i want to bring up is that the fact that we spin out of control every time we talk about this is speaks larger to the problem with Marvel's movies, is that mm-hmm. they just do not have the staying power that they think they do. Yeah, I and think it's they're getting too worse. reactionary in comics and movies. Yep, absolutely. They need a, a solid vision. Visually loved it. I mean, oh, it's gorgeous. Overall, gorgeous the, yeah, movie. the vision needs improvement for a storyline in general. But just visually experiencing it, it was like a living Escher drawing, and I just was eating it all up. It was great. It no. was very good. I did want to talk about that too. I I loved it visually. It was a lot of fun, but it didn't feel like Doctor Strange to me. He never had like that Inception style stuff going on. I yes. want to see more of him like in the new comics that you and I are reading, yeah. where like there's like mystical creatures yeah, floating that's about that awesome. only he can see. Yeah. It's like the astral plane stuff. It's not about like turning some buildings sideways. See, but that's yeah. where Marvel always plays it safe because they don't want to lose their general audience. They don't want to make it too complicated. I, I thought, ah, I thought this was time. supposed to be... I'm just going to finish this. I yeah. thought this was supposed to be our solid introduction to magic and, and I don't know. It, and the magic wasn't, wasn't what I wanted. Yep. It wasn't magical. Can I just slip it in <laughs> really <It's> fast? That, <laughs> uh, <laughs> in the DC universe, I'm really pissed off they're taking it was a Tana's hat. Oh, that is dumb. I just wanted to yell that really fast. You should you should have mentioned that when we started talking about Suicide Squad, aka the DC Universe. Okay, sorry. Um, but we it's were just fine. talking about magic, that so that's what I thought yeah. about it. Or how about we talk about Suicide Squad? Are we ready for Suicide Squad? So, John, you ready to go? I guess. <laughs> Suicide Squad in 30 seconds. Go, 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 go! So, Amanda Waller gathers a bunch of jerks to um, stop Superman or Superman-like people. And one of them goes rogue, obviously, because maybe Amanda Waller's not that smart. And so they go hunt her down, and then they punch a bunch of shit monsters and uh, it just gets all wacky and there's a unicorn joke that never pays off. But they stab out her heart and it's all good in the end, I guess. 
They go back to jail and Joker breaks them out. Okay. <laughs> that'll, that'll work, I guess. Nailed it. In time. Uh, okay, so you get to make fun of somebody of your choice. I will uh, make fun of Ryan. Man, that breakdown was horrible. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Ow, the breakdown goodness. of Dr. Strange, that is. Yes, you of course. You didn't get very far past the first act. Um, okay, so I'm starting out 10 acts. minutes now. Okay, so John, I'm going to ask you the same question I ask everybody else uh, as we go around the table. What did you like about the movie? Um, first, the facetious answer. I liked the end credits. <laughs> Yowch. Um, That's a solid but, choice. But okay. to a deeper thing i actually like the color palette that they provided in that like okay. the, the the splashy bright neon colors yeah i like that the text that bounces on the screen that little like when will smith is introduced for yeah, the yeah. second time i think <laughs> uh his like list of accomplishments kind of shoot down but like kind of do this like animation and yeah. I, I eat that up i like that sort of thing that visual style uh john wick even did stuff like that with their yeah, with yeah. Their, their, their subtitles mm-hmm. their subtitles yeah. which I like when those things are done in interesting ways, Man. but I just, and then another thing I liked were just little snippets of ideas that would have fit in better movies. Oh yeah. It's not even better movies. It's just, this could have been such a better movie. It could movie. have been incredible. There, there were so yeah. many glimpses of a great movie in here. Because I liked, like, I actually liked the conversation between Amanda Waller and Bruce Wayne at the very end. Yep. And I was just like, I want to see that intrigue. I want Martin Scorsese's like... Suicide Squad, where people are just backstabbing each other left and right, old school Scorsese, where it's mean. Yeah, I want. Well, that's not really Suicide Squad, though. No, no, but like, where like there's these people who are playing this game with each other. Like Bruce Wayne thinks he is above the law. Yeah, and she wants to take down people. Like there's, like there's things at play there that are more interesting than what I watch. Well, hopefully we'll get that in the Batman movie. Yeah, Uh, hopefully. I doubt it. The the problem right now that I see with this one particularly is like I I read a lot of Suicide Squad during the New Fifty Two days and mm-hmm. they were terrible like it was one of the worst books they have it was boring it was awful they try to in- introduce the daughter of the Joker and Harley Quinn is both like fighting for the Joker's attention it was awful and it was uh, upsettingly awful and this movie feels like a perfect representation of those books and it's uh, like yeah. what I mean I get it they nailed it they nailed it and it's like but why. <laughs> And the thing that bothered me probably the most is just the way they handled the introductions. At 50 minutes, uh, I counted, I, I timed it. It was at 47 minutes and about 20 seconds, Katana shows up. Mm-hmm. 47 minutes into the thing, and they give her a sentence. And I'm like, okay, the Souls and the Sword thing, that's a big effing deal. Yeah. <laughs> that's a huge thing. The Honest Trailers was so good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and just the way that we get three introductions to Will Smith's character. We get th- like two to um, Harley Quinn. No, yeah. three or t- two or three. I lost count. Yeah. Because they introduce a few people before the stinger and then have to reintroduce them again. And then at the end of the movie, he's like, we got, you know, now that her heart's out, we got to stab it. And it's like, you told me that in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Many times. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, there's just so many like, I mean, as an editor, I get offended by things like this <laughs> in the way that I love the graphical like flourishes and style. I then equally become super offended when it's just like, we don't need this scene. This scene is yeah. established earlier and this is taking forever for a movie that's fast paced and yeah. quippy and energetic. It's like it was sluggish. Mm. But you, it, the thing is, I watched this movie and I don't know who to blame. Yeah. And like, because I don't, I think David Ayer had a really clear vision for what he wanted this movie to be. And I think it's there. I just don't, like, it feels like, all right, so I want this movie to be kind of serious, but kind of funny at the same time. Like, serious with an edge of comedy. And then the trailers came out, and they're like, well, people really like how funny the trailers are, so you need to reshoot the movie to make it that. Uh, I blame the fans 
and the studio sure. for being afraid of the fans and oh, wanting yeah. to be like Marvel. Because, I mean, I can tell you, they were on the Paramount lot for weeks. Like, the reshoots were no small feat. Like, it was a ton. The entire, um, the first time they shoot the Pooh Monsters uh, yeah. in that street, they shot that outside my office. Like, that that entire sequence was added in. Uh-huh. So, like, they, they changed so much of this movie to try to make it what they thought the fans wanted that they made a movie for nobody. The, uh-huh. Like, DC yeah. is quivering in their knees right now. They're like, oh, we need to make money, guys. The fans really like this other shit. That's not what we were trying They're to do. They're weirdly apprehensive so. when they have perhaps the best characters in comic books yeah. out of any company. They oh, do. They have the DC better characters. Better and they own out all characters. of them. And they, yeah, own, and they them. own them all. Like It's not like they have the problem with Marvel where it's like, who owns Spider-Man right now? It's right. like, they have them all and they're just fucking it up. Yeah. And just even characters like, I'm not as versed in Suicide Squad and so then... To see characters who I don't know anything about have introductions so late in the movie, I'm like, I already stopped caring about you. Yeah. You just kind of chilled in the background for most of the movie, and suddenly your firepowers are cool? Eh. You I turn mean, into Diablo's a fire atronach from yeah. Skyrim. You know, like... Yeah. <laughs> <that's>... <laughs> I honestly thought that was, like, the best part of the movie for me. I, I got excited. That was great. But, yeah. like, I was also like, oh, I just wish there had been more of you. Like, yeah. as a character, you, you I just... cared more about his I character. Mean, if this movie had just been... Uh, Deadshot, Harley Quinn, and Diablo. Yeah, it would have cool. been a better movie. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. make they it a, make it a road trip with, with Croc. Th- make it a road hate, trip with yeah. three baddies. You know, nice. Croc looked cool, but they did nothing with him. And I oh, hate his the line. Makeup was so See, good. I just hit the goes, I, I like want him. BET. I'm like, like what? Yeah, my favorite that just sounded strange. My favorite interpretation of Killer Croc is in Batman: Arkham Asylum. Yeah, yeah, that was scary mm-hmm. as shit. Well, I that pooped my pants. That game is the best. interpretation. Actually, have him eat somebody. Yeah, absolutely. And then you've just got. This weird makeupy guy. Like, I mean, so I like, t- when I saw him in person, his makeup is impressive. He just it's stood, not ar- oh, yeah. stood around and looked like a thug. Like they didn't have him do anything. And he's just yeah. He seems like oh, such a punk. Oh, water and part. Here's my part. Yeah, yeah. and like, <laughs> and it's weird because he's a great actor. Like that guy yeah. who plays him is fantastic. He was in Oz. He was amazing. He's horrifying. And they give him nothing. Be horrifying. Yeah, nothing. And they covered up his moneymaker and told him to act in a corner. Right? Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> uh, like this you, you movie is all about one step forward, three steps back. You like, don't put Killer Croc st- in the corner. <laughs> 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 you just don't. Oh, I love Dirty Dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, see checklist. Our, <laughs> see our uh, chick flick episode. I love He's gotta dance, guys. <laughs> that Man. lift. I, <laughs> <laughs> Now, and by lift we mean eat people. To be oh, yeah. to be no. fair, I feel like a dancing number with all of them at the very end would have. It would have fit this. It would have flipped <laughs> completely around. I would have been like, I can appreciate some of the faults in this for yeah. that dance number, but they didn't even try to win me over. Yeah, and then just jokes that don't pay off, uh, like the unicorn thing, where he's like, oh, he likes unicorns. It's like, you know, he puts it in his pocket and then you never see it again. Yeah, <laughs> There's the security weird. guard. That, does his character like unicorns? No, that was because I thought the movie. they were like. That was funny for Deadpool. Let's That's do that. That's what it feels like. To, yeah, it's really what it. And feels it turned like into here. money. So like, he put the unicorn in his pocket. It turned into money. Is, is he like? Is he it's a leprechaun? Yeah, it's yeah, magical. It's, yeah. Does he have a magical coat I mean, pocket? Yes, the unicorn is magical. Or and did he just, steal money in a different cut of the movie, and they put the unicorn in later, and then they forgot which part was which? <laughs> <laughs> Reshoots. That has to happen. Yeah, it's, it's just so unfortunate because there's a bunch of colorful and interesting characters here that I wanted to initially uh, learn about. Like I don't like I don't know much about Deadshot. Deadshot's a great villain, and his great introduction villain. was actually yeah. pretty cool. Him, you know, just taking a shot like in one second and then running yeah. off the building. I was like, you. Yeah. It made me feel like 
it reminded me of kind of a Nolan esque world of Batman that they feel like there yeah. was, it, it was shot in such a way like that bank heist in uh, Dark yeah, Knight. Yeah, yeah. It felt like that moment, and that uh, whole, like everything about it. Like that's such a great character introduction of like uh, uh, I haven't been paid yet. I'm not going to kill him. You only have two seconds left. Pay me or he doesn't die. Like it's awesome, yeah. and it's so Deadshot. Yeah, and it built his it built his character in a cool way that just no one else gets. Yeah, yeah. And then the the main villain, the Enchantress, Ugh. June Moon. <laughs> she just the hula. Hooping. I mean, the, the hula hoop. You, you know, master. you know what's menacing? Thrusting at a wall a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, like well, and, and this is with experience. To be- <laughs> I have some experience at thrusting at a wall. <laughs> it is very threatening to the right people. Stand here and wiggle and thrust, and uh, you're the yeah. villain. I almost got arrested. <laughs> Technically, you have a minute and a half left, but I really don't want you to say anything else about this movie because that's, the best, <laughs> that's the best out possible. So we're moving on from Suicide Squad at John thrusting at a wall. <laughs> uh, and then we wonder why we don't have any listeners. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we're going to move on to The Legend of Tarzan. I'm not kidding at all. We are so moving on. <laughs> That's the best ending possible. Talk about thrusting. Yeah. Uh, Chu, you ready to go? Sure. The Legend of Tarzan in 30 seconds. Go, 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 go. Okay. In The Legend of Tarzan, we are introduced to some very attractive people. <laughs> um, but at the very beginning, we find out that King Leopold needs money and he wants to defeat the Congo and, you know, enslave all of the black people. Uh, and that's pretty accurate. But so then he, so in order to do that, you need to bring in Tarzan for diamonds and they run around a lot, look really attractive. And Margot Robbie just doesn't fit in this movie very well. And that's it. Okay. (laughs) I mean, I will say it was horrible, but you did get the whole movie in there. Um, so you get to make fun of somebody of your choice. You don't have to keep twirling that if you don't want to. She's, she's vibing. Fair enough. Okay, who do you want to make fun of? Uh, Ryan. <laughs> Everyone makes fun of Ryan. Because he's wearing that Cubs hat, face. which just reminds me about Trump winning because the tr- Cubs winning just brought the apocalypse to us. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, what? Yeah. Wait, <laughs> what? Have you not heard this theory? Trump's win- Cubs winning brought yep. the apocalypse? Yep, it did. The, yeah. tr- the no. Cubs winning brought along the apocalypse. It was just the... It it's was like the fault. little... Uh, the one nice thing that happens in Act 2 before the climax and the end of America. Yeah, that's it. That. That's, mm. that was what the Cubs winning was. Uh, okay, so we have 10 minutes to talk about Tarzan. <laughs> the little reprieve before 2017. Presenting the inevitable yeah. end. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Um, okay, so what did you like about this movie? Uh, I love how it was shot. Like, I was watching it going, this this cinematographer is better than this movie. Like, I'll agree with that. Without that's why him, he's doing Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yeah, without him, this movie would not have been really worth watching. Um, Even with him, I agree with you. <laughs> uh, I wish I'd seen it in theaters so I could have seen the pretty things even better. Uh, but plot-wise... It just doesn't make much sense. Nope. Uh, so, for a longer breakdown, where I'm not trying to be cool while I'm saying it. <laughs> Twirling uh, a rosary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, King Leopold is trying to take over the Congo and wants to do a better job of it, uh, so he needs money. And so then he wants the diamonds out of the mountains, which are being protected by this mysterious tribe who's just super mysterious, and they're really mad at... Uh, Tarzan because he killed the tribe leader's son and I'm forgetting the guy's name right now. I'm trying to look it up because I'm Sphinx. Yusan. The Sphinx? D H because I can never remember his name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know his last who name. Who 
the moment he came on screen, because I didn't look up the cast before I watched this movie, I just get mad every time I see him because I'm so mad he only plays side characters. I I yeah. love that actor. He's great. He's he fantastic. Been the... He needs to be the lead in something, and he needs to be like the equal of Idris Elba in my mind. Yeah, nothing against Jason Statham, but I really wish he'd been the main villain in uh, Fast and Furious 7. Because mm. he's great. He is great. I wish he had been a better long character that didn't die in Guardians of the Galaxy. I was yep. Like, it's so frustrating. Yeah, whenever he pops up, he's great. Um, but so he wants to kill Tarzan. So then he said, "I will give you my diamonds if Jimon you bring me Tarzan." Hansu? Yes, that's it. There Boom, we are. Got there. I always feel like I'm going to say it wrong. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's Jimon like Djibouti. Djibouti. Now I'm just going to want to call him that. <laughs> Maybe he has a good booty, so Jimon. we're okay. He so you meet him in person, and you're like, <laughs> "Hey, Djibouti Hunsu." <laughs> He's like, "What?" <laughs> So you're yeah, like, I'm going to leave. Uh, you, so, <laughs> Come on over. <laughs> so Christoph Waltz, Suicide Squad. Christoph Waltz is the main villain, really, because he's the one that needs to get these diamonds. So then he comes up with a reason to get Tarzan to come back. Slash, this movie is about Tarzan 20 years after he left the jungle. Um, so we get a little bit of them in England, and Tarzan just doesn't look so happy in, you know, the grayscale of England. <laughs> So then they come back. Margot Robbie's really happy to be back. Uh, and she just kind of smiles and is pretty the whole film. She does nothing. Uh, the girl does. She yeah, does a terrible job playing a period woman. <sighs> yeah. They really try. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't say woman on her period. <laughs> um, I'm such a child. I love <laughs> But that's how it's going to be read. They, yep. they want to make her Heard. like. They, you know, Jane is we're supposed to be a strong-willed woman who's very like a feminist of her time, but they just Margot Robbie cannot play that type of character. She's good at playing modern times characters. She, like I don't know, they need to give her some way of being like you need to learn etiquette in some form so it's convincing that you're a woman in this time period. We need to Eliza Doolittle, this manic pixie dream girl. <laughs> <laughs> and they just oh. didn't. Like, she can't deliver any of her lines, her mannerisms. Everything is just so wrong for the time period. It was annoying the crap out of me. And I think a large portion that blame beyond Margot Robbie is definitely David Yates because it, it just it tell her to try yeah, oh, oh. <laughs> oh he did this yeah he had two oh. movies this year one of them was pretty decent and the other one was what was the other yeah. uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them oh yeah yeah. That's yeah he did both for Warner Brothers Warner Brothers has to which love this which the women guy. in that movie looked like acted appropriately to their time yeah it's I, I don't so that's why I think it's kind of on the two of them because I mean clearly if he's in pre-production on Fantastic Beast and production on this at the same time, like he is getting pulled every which way. Yeah, he just took on more than he could chew, I and guess. clearly he knows Harry Potter and has done it now. How many times? Like five, six uh, times. Uh, yeah, yep. But okay, Go, moving on. Yes. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson's also in this movie, uh, and I kind of like to open with that. <laughs> yeah, way to bury the lead. <laughs> he's not the lead actor. And also, thank <laughs> no, you. No, he's thank the you. lead actor. Thank you for referring to him as the. Samuel yeah. L. Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Sir Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> yeah. He really should be. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. But he's a knight in my heart. Alex- Alexander Skarsgård plays mm, nice. Tarzan, and nice. he's great. Uh, they really make him mopey Tarzan, but he does as much with mopey Tarzan as you possibly can. Uh, they kind of make Tarzan into Captain America, where he's got he apparently by being raised by gorillas he also has the strength of gorillas and everything else yeah Legit. science uh, yeah. i mean well that is kind of tarzan yeah I mean, that is that is kind of how the book went and how so every iteration he can gone. throw people through walls without even cut breaking out in a sweat or anything yeah. 
And uh, his bone structure is different because mm, he grew up ran- yes, running on all fours. Science. They should have just cast the rock. <laughs> See that man running around on all fours? <laughs> I would have watched the shit out of him. Right? <laughs> Somebody well, get they, me they to warn They tried that when they made him Conan. No, he wasn't Conan. No, that was uh, he was uh, Hercules. He that's was Hercules. Right. He was Hercules. There it is. Uh, Aquaman was Conan. <laughs> More like Hercules. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you were saying. Now we're at the all. My hunk the movie. This hunk movie. There's a lot of yeah, hunks in this his movie. His six pack is really weird. I'm sorry, but like for some reason, there's a big space in between the abs. I don't the get it. The animated six pack, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I liked how <laughs> they depicted it. his relationship between the gorillas a little bit, particularly with his mother gorilla and his brother gorilla. I really, really wanted to just see a movie about that. Join the jungle. Check it out. Yeah. <laughs> and it, the, the whole plot line of them stopping the conqueror of the Congo just didn't work very well, especially because I know the Congo does get conquered and really raped for decades, and yeah. I don't know if it ever actually stopped. Uh, the The ending of the film shows all these tribes coming together and cheering. They never did anything. We didn't get introduced to any of them, and it really just looked like they were reusing shots a lot in this film. They people were. People just going, Rrr! And, I, <laughs> you know, there's something really weird about all the African tribes and this huge crowd of black people cheering on two white people making it. Yeah. I don't know why, but that felt really weird at the end of the movie. I'm just like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, it, it is, like a, it a is whole... all you need is a white guy film. It yeah. definitely yeah. is that. <laughs> really I did this movie. not want to watch this film at all. I absolutely avoided it. Oh, I don't need to man. see another movie with a white man saving the world and like accepting him for his barbaric traditions, and yet the rest of the world has to conform to your Christian beliefs. I don't, I don't have the time or energy yeah. for it. Is that I, how Trump happens? <laughs> <laughs> I think this movie's to blame. So honestly, you just turn out you turn on don't this movie without sound. Don't really watch it, but then come back to it and watch how pretty it is. Well, why don't you and make a, great. Why don't you just make an animated GIF of Skarsgård without a shirt? And there's the but it's not just that. Like I couldn't handle no, no. some of the like the imagery. You didn't like the imagery at all? No, I'm trying to establish a new creative standard where I appreciate art for more than just its its visual aesthetic. Oh, I'm Because not... content is going to matter so much more for the quality of my life in the future. Yeah, oh, yeah. I totally agree with that. That's why I'm saying content you can just turn now. off the sound and watch this movie. No! <laughs> not even then. Still no? white man saving black people. That's it true. Is, it's just without sound and the horrible score. <laughs> I didn't even pay attention to the score. But no, like I will agree, it's a very well shot movie. But that doesn't help it from being a kind of shitty movie. I'm not saying it yeah. isn't. But I can de- <laughs> I can definitely see why this he's a young guy and why he's going to be getting more roles as a cinematographer. He can put together an image. Yeah. He's fucking great at it. But as much as he, he did close ups with sweaty people, way better than they did in Les Mis. Ugh, that movie Ooh. sucked too. Uh, <laughs> so he did Guardians, or he's doing Guardians too. Yeah. He didn't do the first one. No, no, no. he doesn't really, really have good. too many big There's films a, on his something docket. Something to work on. Oh yeah, like Left that's right into that one. Well, that's a, you look at like the stuff he has coming up. Like he is, he is a hot guy to go get right now. He's really good at his job, and it's just. I'm gonna it, say his name in one it second. It just, it yeah. just seems so unfortunate I that you. I believe in you. As we are remaking these things, Henry re- Braham. Okay, I believed in her. <laughs> that as we're adapting these things, redoing them, especially with like the Disney ones and like this, it's like what? There's opportunity here. There's opportunity to you change can't, it. You can't to change really. Things. Yeah, Tarzan's I mean, Tarzan has always been a white guy saving yes. the jungle. Yeah. that's all what Tarzan is. Like, flip the script. Do something. Di- like, well, it, the, find the new angle. No, to no, it. no yeah. one really. Like, there's not enough people who truly are like nerds about Tarzan. 
I mean, honestly, if they'd just gone the route of him and the gorillas, it would have been yeah. a stronger film other than him saving all the slaves. Like, that's where it's yeah. just like, okay, this is where we're making the wrong step. Like, there, there's a different story we can tell that would be interesting, and this isn't the right I one. I think they tried it by having Samuel's Je- Samuel Jackson's character in there, because he's the one that convinces Tarzan to go back because Samuel wants to stop the slavery. Yeah. Samuel. Okay, okay. The thing that they did by bringing Sam Jackson in the movie... This is our final point. ...is that... You win the black folk by having Sam Jackson in your movie. Yes, you are trying to recruit me to watch your film because Samuel L. Jackson is in it. And even that wasn't enough. Like, yeah. I'm so sorry. Yes. like They he- made him the dope character. The dope character. The, like, dopey. Sorry. Yeah. It's, the dopey it's, character with a gun. It's what I fear is... Why? Why, though? Uh, all right, we, need to, we need to move on. I'm sorry. We, we've spent our 10 minutes. Try to keep up, Samuel. Uh, I'm not going to wait for you. Alex, do you want to go next or do you want me to go next? Yeah, I'll I can wait. go. Okay. So this is probably, at least critically, the best film we have on the table today. It made so much money. Um, it made a all of the buckets and buckets of money. So here we go. Finding Dory in 30 seconds. Go, 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 go. So in this dark tearjerker with a blue tank fish who's like having special needs issues uh, with dealing with themes such as loss and identity issues and and self-doubt and and self-deprecating behavior, she this it's a 13 year old spinoff of Finding Nemo and Dory is effectively the Lieutenant Dan in her Forrest Gump story of a Christopher Nolan memento. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Oh, that, that, that worked does out make really- this sound like the best quality film. <laughs> That's far more than what I got from it. Uh, okay, so you get to make fun of somebody of your choice around the table. Um, I, you, I don't, I'm not just really... Just make, make fun of Ryan. Everyone else's. She already did. She started Ryan. with that. Yeah, just do it again. You you did not crush her your whole 30 seconds. Like, it wasn't good. It wasn't quick. It wasn't efficient. You're horrible is what she's saying. Fail. Um... Your performance say. is bad. No, 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 no. There's room for improvement. <laughs> oh, there we go. That's, that's the best. Okay, There's so ten, it, rotten or fresh? Oh, turn reference okay. that. Please. So, ten minutes on finding Dory. Uh, the first question out of the gate, what did you... Re- I mean, obviously, there's more to like in this one than pretty much everything else at the table. <laughs> but uh, what did you really like about this one? Uh, I really liked... Hmm. I, I always love Ellen DeGeneres. I think she's amazing and hilarious. And I think that sh- they just gave her a mic and told her to talk and found a way to build a story around her. Um, I thought that Pixar did a great job of like visually differentiating between the different types of water and having her story just feel expansive, but also bringing in the whole Sigourney Weaver Marine Institute. Like I just, <laughs> <laughs> Dory talking to Sigourney Weaver was the best part for me. Um, the reason why my breakdown was really dark yeah. <laughs> was mainly because this movie caught me off guard. I thought I was going to sit down and just like laugh and joke. And then the sense of losing your parents like slapped me in the face there was a moment where i was screaming screaming at the screen saying no dory no this got too real oh god <laughs> seriously <laughs> bawling yeah. for See, no I, apparent reason i don't know why this movie had no effect on me really yeah like maybe it's just the finding nemo world because i i took me forever to see finding nemo and i didn't like it and then this you one didn't like finding i nemo. don't like i know i get that reaction all the time oh. i don't like finding nemo Trust and then me, this it's annoying because it's my favorite pixar <laughs> yeah no it's fantastic it, it, just, it does it, not live up to finding nemo it's a no. less sophisticated version so the, i think that's nemo. what it is so i didn't really like finding nemo and then i've heard how great finding dory was and then i went to see this one i'm like eh. eh 
I, 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 the parts at work, like the Scorny Weaver thing, are fantastic. And yeah. I, I really like... Um, what's Ed O'Neill also did a great job. Ed O'Neill oh, yeah. was really good. And I thought the girl from... Uh, I'm forgetting her name now. From um, It's Always Sunny did Caitlin a great Olson. job. Yeah, Caitlin yeah. Olsen did a really good... Mm-hmm. I, all, every, all the parts worked really well. It's just I don't think the story clicked for me in a way. Uh, I think it ran too long. Um, yeah. Two hours is too long for a kid's story. Uh, I think that they looped back to old locations and it didn't really pay off yeah. because they had her like one travel across the ocean to go to the Marine Institute trying to find her parents and then um, like going back to quarantine later on and sure. back with is it Mary Ann or Betsy who was the who was the bird you had to imprint with oh Becky Becky, Becky yeah. there we go yeah um, so like the the circling back to different tertiary characters yeah. and the circling back to other locations slowed it down a whole lot more than it needed to I think yeah. Um, her parents were the most perfect understanding parents that don't ever <laughs> exist in reality. Yeah. And they fish also don't live that long. No. No. <laughs> I mean, fish I, don't live that long yeah. to be rediscovered years later. Yeah, th- those fish would have been most definitely Heck dead. Heck of dead. Yeah. <laughs> Heck of dead. Heck of dead. Maybe they got had time Wait, to but get see, re- But see, at the same time, yeah. this like, is only two years, pretty much, since Dory was born. Yeah. Is it fish she, years or is it real years? Because we see her uh, grow yeah. up and then she Finding Nemo happens and then it's one year later. Oh, I guess that's true, yeah. yeah. Do they live that long? I, I don't two know. Years? I, don't, I think they could live two years. Yeah, I honestly don't See, know. I mean, they can't remember five seconds out in the future. So yeah, in the past. like I was, I was kind of thinking that what you said about just the not living that long. But then when they got to the seashell thing, the radial seashell thing, where they were like looking for it. Yeah, I was like tearing up. Oh God, yeah. bawling! I like how like they shift cinematography. They don't shift cinematography, but like they have these really picturesque moments. Mm-hmm. The moment where, um, spoilers, where she comes back to quarantine, searching for her parents, meets up with all of the other blue tank fish, and they're like, oh no, they looked for you years ago. They're gone. They're dead, blah, blah, blah. And when she's hit with the shock of her life and then falls down the drain, like her whole world tilts sideways. Yeah. She shifts into a first person point of view, and it gets like you go on this roller coaster ride with her where she clearly is not in control of what's happening to her. She She's just the victim to it. And like the, sh- the shifts in how they tell the story visually, I think, are really interesting. Uh, here's my question for the for the movie, because I, I, I'll be the, the the grump of the bunch who didn't like it. Grump. Uh, <laughs> uh, did this movie need Marlon and Nemo? So, no, um, it didn't need them. They, they only, felt shoehorned They, they the were carried movie. along simply because that she was a, a spinoff off of the first one. And that's yeah. why I'm saying this is a spinoff. Yeah. This is not a sequel to Finding Nemo at right. all. It's, it's, right. it's, it's one of the yeah. couple moments where I feel like they lost faith in the children watching this. Yeah. Because uh, my daughter recognized Dory. Yeah. Right that away. Was enough. That was enough. I, like, that's yeah. like, was enough. Uh, my niece, Like we tried to show her Finding Nemo after she saw this one in theaters with my sister. And she's like, I don't like this one. She, she just wanted a movie all about Dory. She doesn't give a crap about Nemo or Marlon. So it's like, so did we really need it? Well, so I have, th- I have they did that whole family thing with them. That, exactly. But that felt so shoehorned into me because sure. the family was her parents. No, but that was part of the theme that they were trying to introduce, I think. Because, like, yes, Dory had defined her family during the entire movie as finding her parents yeah. until the shoehorn at the very end. Where exactly, like, yeah. No, I can make my own family, and Nemo and Marlon are a part yeah. of that. But d- they could have been back at their, I forget what it's called. Their, um, at the reef. Yeah, they could have been back at the right. reef. Yeah. And then she's like, I need to go back to my family. And right. she didn't bring her parents with or right. doesn't have to. But I... I Partly why I think, well, yes, they're carried over from Finding Nemo because just they're the most recognizable characters. Sure. But where the story is different is whereas Finding Nemo isn't about Nemo, it's about Marlin's search for Nemo. Right. And so as, as adults and as parents, we identify more with Marlin in mm-hmm. that journey. And in this one, it's more about the child's journey, trying to find her parents yeah. with Dory. And 
and so Marlon and Nemo don't really matter in that equation. Right. Yeah. They're they're superfluous. Um, and also I think that's why a lot of adults don't get Finding Dory as much either because the the elementary sense of losing a parent is something that we've all come to terms with and, and grown with. And for a child, that is mind-blowing. Yeah, And absolutely. so I think kids identify with Finding Dory a whole lot more than adults do. That makes sense, actually. Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. And like my, I don't know what it is about these movies that just don't click for me, because I, I, everything you're saying sounds like a great film. But when I watch it, and like I, the some of the parts just for some reason, like the jokes just don't really land yeah. for me. I'm with you on that one. I, I do yeah. want to bring up one quick thing about the just the length. What you said earlier, yeah. a good litmus test, and I feel like Pixar hasn't been doing this. It's like take the, like their kids to see these because these things two are a half hour, hour too long. Movie. Yeah, and I have a direct like line of like noticing when the movie loses them. Mm-hmm. It's the fidget. It's, it's the end. The fidget at the end. Yeah, or like the suddenly she's like three steps down playing with somebody else. You yeah, know? yeah. It's but like that's sorry. every Disney movie that I've seen. It's too long has been too long and they keep getting longer and it seems weird that you're just kids don't have attention spans and, that long and the funny thing is if you were to get rid of Marlon and Nemo and leave them at the reef the whole time then you have an hour and it would have been movie, a tight movie and yeah. people would have like, I mean people still loved it it still made over a billion dollars right. it was very well received but I think riding that, off of Finding Nemo's coattails it, that's what I think so yeah because I don't and Fins. it's weird yeah <laughs> of course <laughs> But yeah, I, I think if this one had just been a Dory movie and it, it didn't really bother the other two and been an hour and a half long, they're mi- they might have made more money. They because m- if, yeah. if you don't have to spend two hours taking your kids to this movie, it's only an hour and a half. There might have been more rewatch that it might have mm-hmm. done better. And then you're just having faith, like what you said, where your daughter actually recognizes Dory and is excited mm-hmm. to see Dory. Mm-hmm. And I I really enjoyed the character design of young Dory. She was adorable. She was absolutely like her eyes. Yeah. She was just a fish with eyes. It was perfect. So <laughs> freaking cute. And like I I think I think I remember. Oh, I don't remember who was saying this that was working on production. So shame on me. But um, there was a point where the rest of the crew did not know and understand that Dory had been searching the ocean for her the duration of her entire life looking for her parents and continually forgetting over and over to find them. Right. So that when the story started, they still thought, oh, Ellen DeGeneres, it's a comedy. Let's go ahead and play that up. So it feels like two different movies to me. At the yeah, front absolutely. end, it's all funny. It's all jokes. It's all it's all her being her Dory self. And the second half just robs you of your happiness. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it, it's like they try to do the same rug pull that they did back in the day with Up. But with Up, it made mm-hmm. sense for the story and it was motivated. And it's like, you're still enjoying this ride while it's being this huge emotional weight yeah whereas this one i felt like the switch it just kind of like well i'm just watching a different movie the the memento flashbacks were so convenient yeah it's kind of like i'm i've confronted an obstacle oh i remember this let's fix this now let's yeah let's go this route let's do this thing and it, so yeah it just wasn't as well written as i was expecting it oh, to be yeah. like the there's it just, was basic yeah it was super yeah, basic exactly Nemo. yeah and that's I think I had very high expectations for it because of how much people told me I was still going to like it, even if I wasn't a big fan of the first one. Mm. So when I finally got around to watching, I was like, eh. I mean, it's it's not. I'm not saying it's a bad movie, and I'm not saying like people shouldn't see it. It just didn't work for me the way that I told I was told it was going to. Finding Nemo is the kind of movie where I know that I will revisit it at some point. I will watch it again. Whatever kids come into my life will watch it too. Yeah. I don't really hear that much about Finding Dory. Yeah. Now the one we only have a few seconds left here, but John, I'll ask you this one: Which one does your daughter like more? I think Finding Dory. Yeah, really. And yeah. do you think it's because it's the newer one, or because it's more geared towards kids? More geared towards kids. Um, it's more, uh, le- it's less vignette-y than the first one, Finding Nemo. Mm-hmm. It's not uh, like it's less skit based because when when you give a kid an exit point, like oh this 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 story is done, 
They're gonna jump. Oh, like so, like the shark scene is done. So the shark scene is done. Okay, uh, sure, I sure. can do something else. What's going on over here? Yeah. Like so suddenly, like when you break it into the pieces, it felt like piecemeal. Nemo did, and I, I have nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but it just it gives kids an exit. Whereas it's very Dory yeah. is just like it's still just a straight a straight shot. Yeah, huh. and I kind of appreciated that about it. That it was just so kids are like Dory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's not that far but off. Like, <laughs> so I just had one last point. Sure, sure. My issue, a big issue that I have with this, is that as much as this movie was about her parents trying to teach their special needs child how to survive in the world and how we're supposed to accept people for who and what they are, and you can overcome your adversity. Um, they did not do a very good job of not making fun of Betsy and also not making fun of, was it Gerald? Was it that seal that Aegis Elba yeah. was making fun I, of? I yeah. heard things I about them making fun of that. special needs people. Yeah, they were yeah. bullies. Yeah, it's, there, there's some, there's some kind of like there was moments di- in like this. Like there was a, it was didn't make sense to me that they would put so so much energy towards Dory and saying, "Oh, look, she's great as she is. You are like Forrest Gump, and you can overcome anything." And then to go ahead and make fun of all of these other characters, and there's an hierarchy where, like, if you're a fish that doesn't talk, you're dumb. Yeah, it's there's some weird it's weird lazy, ideas. It's in lazy this. joke writing, is what it is. Yeah, it's when you it make it easy. It doesn't feel like they did the Pixar thing where they reworked it until they got it right. They didn't they do that. Kinda... They did that for Piper, the short at the beginning, but they didn't do that for the rest of the movie. Oh, I still haven't seen that. It's a cute short. Six it's minutes. Not, it's not on Netflix. so YouTube. Uh, well, there is that. Uh, <laughs> okay, so we need to move on to uh, what is clearly the end of the day, which is the apocalypse. Dun, dun, dun! Uh, <laughs> I see what um, you did there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy. X-Men Apocalypse. Hold on. Here comes Cyclops. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Come on, just talk about how good they all look in leather. Oh, they really don't, though, and it's not leather. It's big rubber plastic stupid suits. Um, Okay, here we go. X-Men Apocalypse in 30 seconds. Uh, All right, so Simon Kingberg and Brian Singer try to cash in on the X-Men, all the all-new X-Men property by bringing back all the young X-Men. And then Apocalypse shows up, and he wants to rule the world by using Xavier's powers for reasons. Um, and then he doesn't because all of the other young X-Men show up and they basically kick the crap out of Apocalypse. Uh, the four horsemen are um, Angel... Psylocke. Angel, Psylocke, Storm, and um, Magneto, of course. And I'm out of time. Yep. <laughs> Those four uh, horsemen, they're really so short. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much it, isn't it? Somebody else can tell me if I succeeded or failed. I don't know. I, I don't... You missed I out a lot of stuff. I didn't know. Apocalypse. I, you I, your I first said act that, business. <laughs> I said that Apocalypse showed up, and he wanted to rule the day, and he didn't succeed because the X-Men beat him. But you said that you started listening to some horsemen. Teenagers. You didn't talk about the horsemen coming back. Or... He had I named did. them I all first. Them. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> I'm going to say I did it. Alex, what do you, what's your final judgment? Did he make uh, it? I mean, the simple fact that he could stop talking before the timer went off gives him the All right, you I'd made say. it. Boom! <laughs> All right, bring uh, it on. I'm apparently this episode's whipping boy. Uh, yeah, so I choose to make fun of Ryan. Um, <laughs> what a surprise. And I'm going to say your coffee today was subpar. No. <laughs> was it but really? Though? Not a good no. water to bean ratio. I mean, no, it's actually fine, but I'm going to say it's subpar. Ah, Did you brew the Starbucks It could have been great. Instead, it was no, subpar. No, it's Pete's. Um, okay, so 10 minutes to talk about X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah, let's um, do it. So... <laughs> The the thing is, is that like when I saw the movie in theaters, I actually enjoyed it, and I think that's because uh, I, I'm not a big fan of Brian Singer's take on the X Men, especially Simon Kingberg and Brian uh, Singer's take on the X Men. Was that three? Um, Last stand? No, it was. Uh, 
no, I don't know. I don't know how long Simon, Simon Kicker's been writing uh, him, but he, I know he did Apocalypse, um, Days of Future Past in this one. And there's something about like the way that he writes X Men, where he really gets the humor of X Men, but does not get the story of X Men. Yeah. So the humor's there, and it's in this one too, and that he really nails that sense of humor. But I, I came into this with kind of low expectations, and then I was like, well, you know what? It was still kind of Apocalypse, and I, I think. Um, uh, Sophie Turner is a really interesting choice for Jean Grey, and I think she did what she could with this, but they didn't really give her a lot. Um, and I really like all the young X-Men. And it could be because I'm a fan of the all-new X-Men, and I kind of like what they're doing there where they realize what's working and they're mm. using that. Um, but there is, on the rewatch here, it's just like I can kind of see way more what everyone was complaining about, where it's just like Apocalypse is like the end-all, be-all villain of the X-Men. He's like, not Apocalypse in this movie. No, he's right. not. And They it's, were aggressively mediocre with every choice they made. In everything yeah. about it. And it's aggressively like, mediocre is like yeah. America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's something like Angel, when Angel becomes Archangel, he is horrifying. And like, and he gets so into that Archangel that it fucks him up for the rest of X-Men. Like that character is ruined for the rest of time because of his time as a horseman. Right. And mm. this one, he's just a bitchy asshole who has wings, and then they turn into metal wings. And it's like, there's so many stories yeah. they could have used that yeah. they just ignore. And it, it's like, and it offends me to my X-Men fan core. <laughs> like, like, well, if they would have been able to do it if they made two movies out of it. Yeah. Get the, uh, into the psychology of Apocalypse. There wasn't enough story there to do well, it. That's what no, I mean. There, there that's is, what I mean. though. If there's they so made, much story. But like with what they were telling? They had to, yeah, this, stri- yeah, they had exactly. to strip yeah. out all the story to fit it into one movie. Yeah, this one is like, the first time where I really feel like they needed to leave their, their bottle episode movie making and make it over two things. Like the fact that Apocalypse dies at the end of the movie or is destroyed at the end of the movie. Because like, of course. Of course. Yeah, but it doesn't make sense. Like no. he is the end all be all villain. He should have gotten out of this. And at the end of this, all four horsemen should have still been horsemen and it would have been a better made movie. If it ended with a minor victory of just like, well, we didn't die. I would have enjoyed it more. Or they could have killed Mystique, and I would have been like, oh, great. So we don't have to worry about her fucking putzing around these movies anymore. The whole that she's supposed to be like the big symbol of heroism for mutants is so lame. I I rolled my eyes so hard they fell out. (laughs) (laughs) You inspired me. I'm doing this because of you. No, stop. I think (laughs) at Storm's house you see that like, that poster with uh, Mystique on there, and I was like, what? And the thing is, like, you go back to first class, and I go, Jennifer Lawrence is actually a pretty good choice for Mystique. She like she, she tried really hard. She brought some new things to the character. It was kind of interesting. And then between you believed her emotions exactly, in that movie. yeah. And then between First Class and Days of Future Past, Jennifer Lawrence blew the fuck up. And suddenly she doesn't want to waste time putting on blue makeup and saying these corny lines and talking to these people, and it just really reeks. And she, she could put her foot down and demand a higher quality of her character and then she, make it all better. She could, and they kind of did in Future Past, uh, but this one, nope. And she didn't help them at all. So like they, they didn't really give her a lot, and she didn't she did not meet them halfway. And it was just every scene she was in was just like, oh, okay. Like I mean, no offense to her, she seems like a lovely person, but she did not try in this movie. You could have replaced just, her with like a lamp or a sofa. Yeah. <laughs> and it, she would have done the same exact thing in the movie. And, yeah. It could have been blue. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, and there's so many weird things about her that like, I, like it's. Wait a minute! Is it like a love seat suddenly transforms into yeah. a bird? <laughs> I'm watching it and I'm going, there's some really cool ideas in here, but at the same time, it still looks like they they borrowed 
costumes out of Batman and Robin. Yeah, and they didn't take care him. of their star power at all. Yeah, and it's like because you have these people who are great, and like James McAvoy, who clearly right. loves X Men, and they give nothing to him the whole time. But he tried his damnedest. He and, did again. And Fassbender tried his mm-hmm. damnedest, and they gave him nothing. They gave him a, something at the beginning. They, they did, and that and scene was they, great. And then uh, then something that we've like, yeah. but every hero goes through the same exact sequence where yeah. like I I can't have a family, but I'm gonna try yeah. to have a family. I'm gonna lose my family. And I'm just so mad. And, and the thing is, at that it's point, like, I respect Jennifer Lawrence because if they're not gonna give her character anything to do, she's gonna give him the middle finger and not do anything Absolutely. with it. Absolutely. Yeah. So I can get annoyed as an X Men fan because I'm like, what the fuck is this? But at the same time, as a human being, no, absolutely, yeah. fuck off. You're not gonna be anything to do. I'm not gonna do anything with it. Uh, but there, it's just, I, I can bitch for days about how much I hate in this movie. But as I ask everyone else, I'll talk about what I liked in this movie. Yeah. Um, the really, the the major thing that I like about this is the same thing that I've liked since the beginning of First Class, and it's uh, um, Xavier's and Magneto's relationship. Yeah. And I I wish they had done just a little bit more with it in this one. But that scene where he gets into Magneto's head to try to tell him, "Don't take this path," is it's the best part of the movie. It's a great sequence of like, I can feel your pain because he can because he's in his head and he still tells him like, that's not good enough. No, you can't. I'm definitely doing this. And it's this wonderful sequence. And it's this thing that shows that Brian Singer and Simon Kinberg get X-Men and they get it, but they just can't stretch it over a whole movie. And I'm so glad that Brian Singer's stepping down. Like it's like, go do something else. And I don't mean anything against him or really anyone in the movie. It's just clearly a lot of the people, they're, they're done with it. They just don't and realize they're tired of making these. Yeah, they it, wouldn't be tired of making them if they actually cared about the quality and the story behind it. Yeah, right? They yeah. actually delve into yeah. the psychology of each character. They don't delve in like Storm is even weaker than she was by Ho- when Holly Berry was playing her. Just, like they gave her nothing to. Do you, she didn't feel I, like Storm, Storm is a strong-willed woman. There's a reason why she takes over she, the X Men. Like yeah. she's great. Like she does nothing in this movie. Essentially, she's not as super powered as she should be. When I saw that, Psylocke is a deep character who goes through. Does a really? nothing in this. Yeah, really? she's just pretty. Yeah, and that's or, the problem with most of these. Really? Movies yeah, and like, and yeah. I don't Psy- know enough. Psylocke I don't know enough goes. About. Psylocke has died like four times in the comics, and she's gone through multiple transformations. She's been cloned. She loses her eyeballs. All sorts of things happen to Psylocke. She's a deep fucking I, I, well, character. I, I did lose my eyeballs well, okay, too. Okay. I'm rolling them so hard. But here's the, the, the other thing. And she gets nothing in this movie. I was really excited to actually see Psylocke in a film beyond, oh, she has purple in her hair. She gets a, a, a laser arm penis. What? Wait, where did she put it? <laughs> I'm moving on. <laughs> I, I, I That's actually her superpower. Hold but. on. Okay. So the other, thing, the other thing in this movie that I think they, they just fumble as horrible as possible is the death of Havoc. Mm. Like, Havoc, Why did like, you do uh, that? Like, yeah. I, I get killing off Havoc because he wasn't in the other movies. And I think that's the only reason they did it is because by the time we have the other series, the, uh, Cyclops is on his own. He doesn't have a brother. So, okay, so we got to kill Havoc. Is that the first time that they've done continuity accurately? I believe so. (laughs) In the next movie, after they erase continuity, I'm back to it hard. I forgot who he was until he burst out with this chest thing. Because I was like, I I go into these movies knowing that continuity means jack all. Yeah. And And so there's there's some blonde dude who sounds like it has a deep voice. And the thing is, who are you? I really like Havoc. Havoc's a great character. And I get trying to having to kill him for the motivation of Cyclops becoming an X-Men. All great. But they kill him. Cyclops goes, where's my brother? Where's my brother? And they go, oh, he's dead. And everyone goes, cool. All right. Moving on. And it's like, what the fuck was that? Good for you. (laughs) It's like, Like, moving on so we can shoehorn in Wolverine. Yeah, so we can shoehorn in still Wolverine. And And they they shoehorn in Jubilee, except Jubilee doesn't do anything again. She doesn't even use her powers. You're like, what the hell? But she's so jubilant, though. (laughs) (laughs) 
Jubilee, I know everyone always shits on Jubilee, but I love her like if so you ever much. had to actually fight her, like she'd fuck you up. She'd yeah. fuck you up with happiness. Yeah, <laughs> it's I'm so happy I die. Sprinkled joy. I mean, <laughs> the long and the short of X Men Apocalypse is that they did nothing for their characters. The actors, with the exception of James McAvoy do nothing to help the I don't poor feel like they writing. were taken care of so just yeah, they so, didn't care yeah, exactly so nobody cared about this movie and it, other than maybe Brian Singer because he was really excited about making it because he pitched it before Days of Future Past even came out so like there's just so many things mismanaged in this movie that nobody cared about it in the right way and it just comes across in the big like and it, it's and it's really upsetting to watch it's so upsetting for me because specifically because I watch all the CW shows and then we watched the big team up episodes this past year where they had all of them together fighting these aliens where we Arrow, Supergirl, Flash, all these side characters, all of them together fighting and you actually had all them working together in a big like huge world, I guess, of, of a fight. Yeah. But melee! you felt you, a melee. Thank you. I couldn't <laughs> find the word. And then they try it with these movies, and it they lose it. Yeah, they just they it's just they they lose track of themselves. Why are they doing it so well on the CW, and then in these movies, it always falls flat. That's an well, excellent question. Where they have more we don't time have to time build to story. answer today. <laughs> uh, okay, so that's I'm worried about Infinity Wars. That's X Men Apocalypse. Yeah. We are moving on to the end of the episode, which is plugs, 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 plugs. Um, but right before we get into those, I will say I think this worked out well. Did you guys have fun with this? I had yeah, fun with this. Great. I had fun. I, I think a lot of yelling. I, I think it's a good way to kind of get through the For movies me. we're not going to spend a whole episode on. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay. So you can find us athpod.com uh, where you can find. I'm writing an article right now, which is ranking all of the Friday the Thirteenth movies, Ooh. and I'm having so much fun doing it. <laughs> um, and I realize any other Friday the Thirteenth fan is going to look at my list and go, "You're fucking wrong." And I'm really excited about Brian, that. Brian, you that. know what? If you think Brian is wrong, go comment about how wrong yes, he is. Yes, please do. You can follow us on Twitter, ATH underscore podcast. You can follow us everywhere else online, ATH podcast. Uh, Alex, what about you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Alex Marshall Brown or Alexicon. And you can find me on Twitter at A Marshall Brown and online at my website at www.alexmarshallbrown.com. Alex Marshall Brown. I still think you should do like medical. I absolutely like voiceover things. It, it'd work out well for you. That's the future of your career. And last but not least, make sure you watch Superstore, which is still on NBC. Oh, yeah. Hi. Uh, <laughs> That's you? Well, I, yeah. Sweet. It's, uh, it's, it's really great. We're well, wrapping it up right now, which is why... Which I is why you have time to be on here today. Well, I've uh, yeah. seen no, people on Twitter being like, oh man, the Superstore show is great. Our, and I wanted yeah. to see, see you on it. It's getting better like every week. Mm. Uh, I really it's, like so it. If you're watching Superstore and you fall asleep with your TV on, you will eventually wake up to Last Call with Carson <laughs> Daly at 1 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I'm working on. <laughs> uh, and, I, and I'm legally not allowed to mention the show I work on. So, Alex? Can I retroactively do some plugs from before? Sure, absolutely. Yay. So, January was a good month for me. Um, had episode of Modern Family come out, as well as Colony, This Is Us, and To Tell the Truth. So, between game shows and single cams, I've been crushing it. Oh, you were by nice me for a moment that Colony goes is on uh, 27. In the USA? No, Colony? the stages. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so thank you very much for everyone for listening. And as I said last week, this is going to be my, my goodbye from now on because I really like it. We know there's a million movie podcasts out there, so we thank you for listening to this one. Bye. 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 Come on back. And now there.